2: She's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes. Got her wings on, too, you know.
0: Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. I just got back from a very exciting trip to Iceland, so we have lots of stories about Iceland. Ice, ice, baby. (laughs) The music for this episode I recorded in my rental car. I spent a lot of time in rental car because I drove the whole way around the island, and um, Icelandic radio wasn't um, fantastic. Uh, they they'd play like the same songs over and over again, and uh, I couldn't understand any of the talk radio, of course, because it was in Icelandic. But um, they seem to have the same rotation of songs, and this one song they played like twice an hour, so I heard it a lot. And uh, it's in Icelandic, I think. So I couldn't understand it, but it it would sound like um, murder me, murder me, flukken Reykjavik, murder me. (laughs) So I heard it so often. And I don't think they're saying murder me, murder me, flukken Reykjavik, murder me. But that's what it sounded like. So uh, (laughs) I'd find myself driving in the snow and the ice singing murder me murder me fucking Reykjavik murder me <laughs> so that's the music for this episode i recorded it in the car and uh, we also have stories about old flight attendants uh sulfur burping blue juice kosher meals and the family jewels let's get on with the show ice, ice, baby. forget that usually, most likely, not always, the first day is crap. (laughs) I think it has to do with all the preparation you're doing, all the expectations, that lots of times um, the first day you're just kind of like, oh. So anyway, I get to Iceland. Uh, I had a good flight going over and uh, it's an all-night flight. You get there like seven o'clock in the morning and now I knew I was going to Iceland in the winter. But upon exiting the airport, I immediately questioned my decision (laughs) to go there. I mean, I knew it was going to be cold, mind you. I knew that. But this felt beyond cold, beyond freezing. It was dark. It was icy. It was slippery. Now, granted, you know, one should expect ice in Iceland, (laughs) but the wind, the wind there at the airport. I mean, th- this kind of wind moves cars. I mean, it was, uh, it was uh, just sh- a shock to the system. And I, I was trying to find the, the shuttle that goes to the rental cars. And I, I went to the wrong place. And he, the, the guy who lives there, I think that went they get tired of the tourists, because, you know, they live in this, 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 these conditions. And here we come. And we're, we're shocked by it, even though we're going to Iceland in the winter. So anyway, I was like, "Where's the where where's the rental car shuttle for sixth rental car?" And he's like, "I don't know." And then finally, I see um, the rental car shuttle pull up, and all the tourists, all the people that were on my plane, dash full throttle for that shuttle to get out of the wind and the cold and the ice and and I get in the shuttle and, and I was like oh. and there was a kid okay basically the whole rental car shuttle is full of people tourists and we were all just recently shocked by how cold and windy it was and a kid says to the whole van I never want to go out there again ever <laughs> You know, and I knew his parents were probably thinking, oh, great, we're on vacation here, and our kid doesn't want to go out there again, ever. But you know what, I think the whole uh, rental shuttle was thinking the same thing. We're thinking, I don't want to go out there again either. (laughs) But I went there, you know, I got my car. Uh, You know, I came prepared. I came with a hat and gloves and scarf, big coat and wooly socks. I just didn't have it all readily accessible when I got out of the airport. And uh, I didn't realize how badly I would need it. But I get the car, get lost, try and find my hotel, no big deal. Get to my hotel, uh, take a nap. And then uh, I think, okay, I'm venturing out into that beast that is Icelandic weather. <laughs> but I, I, I'm feeling optimistic. You know, I got, I got, I, I get on my scarf. I've got my gloves out. I've got a big fuzzy socks and a big, you know puffy coat and um I go to put on my hat and I promptly uh flung it into the toilet (laughs) I was like oh great (laughs) I mean not only is it gross to have your hat in the toilet but it's wet and you know a wet hat it does absolutely no good (laughs)
2: Going to Rome, and the uh, I was doing coffees. It was coffees. The you know after the uh, dessert yes. was out, and I asked this. So it was a husband and wife. So I, the husband wanted another cup of coffee, and I went to pour the coffee in his cup, but somehow the wife thought I was aiming for his lap.
0: Why would you do that?
2: <laughs> and she covered his. His his private lap, private parts? yes, yeah. He, with what? she covered his private parts with her hands oh. and said, oh, "No, no." <laughs> and I burst out laughing, and the husband oh, turned coffee. all red. Be- for some reason, I don't know, because he went to lift his cup, I went to pour, and she just got this thing that it was going over his lap, and it's he thought like you
0: were aiming for his
2: junk. Yeah. She was and she was so gung-ho to protect it. Oh, that's she good. was very she liked it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> She did she wanted to protect it and he turned so brad and I couldn't help but I start I broke I out laughing and I said, well, what I think I did make a comment like, I don't know if I said oh those precious jewels I or something. the family
0: jewels.
2: Yeah family jewels, I think. And you know it was the joke for the whole flight. Okay. Every time I came by with coffee or whatever.
0: Which like, cover his thing every time?
2: <laughs> she was so embarrassed, too. But it was like this automatic reaction. I've never seen
0: that before. <laughs> so on the second day in Iceland, I went to these local pools. Uh, most people, most tourists go to the Blue Lagoon, which is their famous um hot tub, pool, water, park area, but uh, it was full. I, you know, I was flying standby, so I didn't know if I'd get there when I got there, so I hadn't booked it, and then it was booked when I got there, and then I didn't know what day I'd be leaving Iceland, so I couldn't book it in advance, and so when I got back to Reykjavik, it was booked again, so I I didn't go to the Blue Lagoon, which is what everybody does, but I did go to the local pools. I had read, you know, like, it's a it's a thing in Iceland. It's like their social place. um uh, People flirt with each other there. Business deals get done. It's just a a lot of, a lot of things revolve around swimming in Iceland, and um, they have these these. It's like attached to their gym, but they have like Olympic size swimming pools outside that are heated, and it's heated with that natural uh, geothermal, you know, water, which is very impressive. You know, in general, we don't have outdoor pools. In the winter in the United States in general. Um, but uh, so I'm going to this thing and I'm. it was kind of a long, like a 30-minute walk, but it's cold and I'm bundled up. And I got the, the scarf and now the hat that I've dried out and uh, the furry hood over the hat and gloves and uh, woolly socks. I'm totally bundled up. And now I'm going to go outside nearly naked and wet to swim. It just seemed so odd and like why huh what <laughs> so uh, they have a rule a lot of rules in iceland but i like rules and um they have it all spelled out for you in english and and in icelandic that there's you, you have to go through a protocol before you get in these pools because they don't have a lot of chemicals in them uh so you have to take a shower with soap and they have like pictures of bodies and uh, body parts highlighted where you have to really scrub like under your arms and your gentle genital area and your hair and so I'm going to follow the rules, you know, you're supposed to take the shower before you put your bathing suit on. And there's women there watching you to make sure you wash properly before you get in these pools, which I thought was kind of funny. I'm sure there's a man in the men's room too, but there's ladies watching you. So I do what I'm supposed to. And now you put your bathing, your dry bathing suit on your wet body, which seems strange. And now you're going to walk outside, outside, the outside that. Um, the kid never wanted to go out there ever again. Ever. And now I'm going to go out there nearly naked and wet. Like, it just seemed insane. So uh, I was just, like, sort of standing by the door. But all the Icelandic people were this like, totally normal to them. So I'm like, and they're into rules. So I figure you can't do any running. So I opened the door, and it was like, <laughs> I'm trying to walk as fast as I can without running to the pool to get in. it's like, <laughs> melting (laughs) and um so this is what I would do I'd go like swim get out freeze walk as fast as I can get into the hot tub um get sweaty um get out freeze go get in the pool (laughs) but you know it's kind of this whole thing was nice and kind of fun actually and social there's a lot of people out there but uh I was kind of telling myself that well there's a new thing in LA now this they have a thing called cold therapy where it's supposed to help you, I don't know, lose weight or help your get healthy. But they have these places where you get really cold for like two minutes. Like you pay good money to go get freezing. So I thought, well, this is um, cheap cold therapy <laughs> going outside nearly naked and wet in Iceland. <laughs> And actually, that was one of the best deals. They only cost like six or seven dollars to get into these pools with, um, you know, like like two Olympic-sized swimming pools, a bunch of hot tubs, a steam room. a bargain. And there are almost no bargains in Iceland.
1: Yes, I had a lady one day ask me, uh, kind of puzzled. She said, could I ask you a question? I said, yeah, what is it? She said well, I'd like to know where all the stuff from the toilets go. And she said, she looked at me really strange. And I said, well, to be honest with you, I said, have you ever been walking down the street on a clear day and you feel like a drop of water on the upper part of your cheek? And she goes, yes. I said, well, we have a trap door in the back of the plane and we just open the door and we let all the stuff fall out. She goes, are you serious? I said, no. (laughs) No.
0: No, they actually believe that that's true. Oh, yeah, she it's looks me like, like you I was just dead be serious. walking along and just turns fall
1: out of the sky. Oh, you know, like the guy kept touching me in my back. Two men kept touching me in my backside, poking me there. Right. And I got tired of it. Yes. So when I said to the first guy, I, he poked me there again. I said, if you touch me one more time, you're proposing. <laughs> and his wife looked at me and she about freaked. And then they go to the next guy, and this guy doesn't same he pokes me right in the same place.
0: Yeah, they poke you right there. Yeah, and
1: I said to the guy, I just told the guy four rows behind you, if you touch me again, you're going to propose. If you touch me again, you're buying the ring. I said, and if you look at the girl's fingers, we
0: don't come cheap. <laughs> In Reykjavik, and I had read before I got there that you could drink the tap water and that there was no need to buy bottled water because it was very expensive in Iceland, and that their tap water in Iceland is like maybe the best tap water in the world. It's all like from the glaciers, it's so natural, it's got Sulfur in it. It's really good for you. So I had been kind of looking forward to the tap water. And I was staying at a pretty nice hotel in Reykjavik. It's where the crew stays. And um, the water in the sink stunk. I mean, it stunk like rotten eggs, like bad. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't even want to brush my teeth in this, let alone drink this. I can't drink it; it stinks. So I get on my computer and I, I Google, you know, Iceland tap water. And I see lots of different posts. And one of them was like talking about I think it was called um, there's something in the water. And it was talking about how there's a lot of sulfur in the water. And it's very good for you, but it can make you uh, very gassy. It's like, um, when I eventually got to the geysers later, they you know, they have a lot of geysers there. It's like the land of fire and ice. Uh, And the geysers, would just smell like that water and the tap. But I also read other posts and they were saying how usually it's the hot water that smells, but my cold water stunk too. And it said uh, maybe let it run for a little while and then drink it. And it, uh basically, I I drank it um and it did seem better after you let it run for a little while. And it was nice and cold. And there were times where I was like, this is the best water ever, but. Uh, I, you know, I read that it could make you flatulent, you know, lots of farts. I, I I, wasn't really having problems with farting, but I was burping like I have never burped in my life. We're talking like not normal burps, not feminine burps, not uh, petite burps. We're talking burps like boys young boys might try to do in like a burping contest. (laughs) I literally burped my way across Iceland. So on the podcast, many times I've uh, had people tell stories about flight attendants playing pranks on new flight attendants. Well, here's a different turn on that theme. This guy was telling me that, um, he had a very senior woman on his trip and she'd been flying like 40 years and she just seemed a little loopy. You know, he didn't know what her deal was, but she, she just didn't seem very, uh, bright. (laughs) He didn't know if she was always that way or her age. He didn't know. But, uh, She'd been flying over 40 years, and, uh, you know, they're flying to Rome, and it was time to do a water walk. You know, we just put trays of water, glasses of water on a tray. We go through the cabin and hand them out. You know, just water, water, water. And uh, he's getting out the tray, and she says to him, oh, Rob, um, how do we do the waters? And he's thinking, how do we do the waters? <laughs> You've so been flying over 40 years you just pour glasses of water and hand them out. What do you mean, how? So he decided to have some fun with her. And he said, Oh, 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 yeah, didn't you? There's a new There's a new way we're supposed to do waters. There was an email. I don't know if you saw it. And he had already figured she probably wasn't big on reading emails. (laughs) And she's like, Oh, 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 how do we do it? And he goes, Oh, yeah, it's this new thing. Because it's so turbulent on international flights. Um, we uh, we tape the glasses to the tray. We always have a roll of masking tape in the back galley. And she was like, oh. So he takes a little piece of tape and he rolls it up and he puts it on the bottom of the plastic glass and he tapes it to the tray. It's like a slotted tray. And she's like... Oh, okay. So she starts rolling tape, and the two of them are in the back galley taping the glasses to the tray. And then he pours the water, and he, and he hands her the tray, and she goes out there. And he was, she wasn't out there for just a few minutes. And she comes back, and she's like, hey, hey Rob, hey, Rob, the, the passengers can't get the glasses off the tray because they're taped to the tray. And he's really having trouble containing himself, you know, keeping a straight face now that she's actually serving... <laughs> Trying to serve water, glasses that are taped to the tray. Of course, the passengers can't get the water. The glasses off the tray. And he goes, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You didn't read it. Read the email, right? You didn't read it. So, this is what we do now. So, we twist the glass and then serve, twist and serve, twist to get it off of the tray and then serve. Or tell the passengers, Twist, twist the glass. And she's like, Oh, okay. So she she goes out there, twist and serve, twist and serve, and she's handing passengers glasses with pieces of tape hanging off the bottom. <laughs> he said he went and got the, he ran and got the other flight attendants from the front galley, and he's like, you gotta come back here, you gotta, you got you gotta, you gotta come back here and watch her twist and serve. <laughs> 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 because I travel so much other flight attendants always ask me where I book my hotel rooms where I find the best hotel deals and I check everywhere because if I can spend less I can travel more and uh to me, I'm all about traveling more. So, for my hotel room in Reykjavik recently, and then also in Grand Cayman and St. Martin, I got the best deal by far on ID90travel.com. Remember a long time ago where there used to be great airline employee rates, and then that kind of went by the wayside? Well, I find really good rates better than anything else I can find on the internet on id90travel.com. It's free for airline people to join and uh, they have great rates on hotels, cars, lots of information on other flights, on other airlines, standby, and also interline cruise rates. So if you're going to be traveling and you work for the airline, you should do yourself a favor and check out id90travel.com. Well, this, was, this is an old story. Yeah, I like old stories. This is an old story. Back on the 727 in first class, a gentleman had fallen asleep, and he fell asleep with the lights off, but we turned the lights on to do a service. It was an right. evening service. He woke up and promptly yelled out, who turned on the effing lights? Right. And the flight attendant barely, very calmly went over to him, I can't remember her name at the time, and said, sir... You slept through the effing lights. These are the eating lights. (laughs) The end. (laughs) I love that story. I spent uh, two nights in Reykjavik uh, around the city, and then uh, my whole plan had been to take a road trip all the way around Iceland. So now it's time to drive, and I'm a little nervous. I just rented a regular car. Um, I was just going to do the ring road which goes all the way around Iceland wasn't going to do any like off-roading so I just got a regular economy car and uh I got a little nervous starting out but I was actually the first day went great did the um golden circle which usually people do on a tour but I drove myself and uh as I was checking out um of my hotel in Reykjavik a lot of people only go to Iceland for a couple days and uh I'm checking out, and the guy behind the desk said, uh, "Okay, so you're you're going home?" You know, I'd been there for two days. So I said, "Oh no, no, I'm taking a I'm taking a road trip around Iceland." He's like, "Oh, that's great." He goes, "Where are you headed to tonight?" And I said, "Oh, I'm going to Hella," because uh, I'm reading these names, and when you're reading them, you pronounce them how they look, right? This town is pronounced H E L L A, Hella, Hela. and he goes, uh, "Where?" And I said, "Hella." H-E-L-L-A. And he goes, Oh, you mean, oh. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Oh. <laughs> it's pronounced H-E-L-L-A. And he said, Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that part you have to do like a, oh. so he's like, so you're going to i oh. I'm like, yeah, going to ho." Oh. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. Anyway, uh, I arrived at my hotel just at, um, sunset and, uh, it was all snowy and pretty. And, you know, it was a very successful day. So much different than like, um, throwing my hat in the toilet. (laughs) So after I had something to eat, uh, it, it, like I had read on the internet and now my quest, you know, is the Northern Lights. I want to see the Northern Lights. I want to see the Northern Lights. I'd seen them a long time ago, like, um, in Alaska, but I'd never seen like the full effect of them. And, and that was main. One of the main reasons I was going. So I'm staying at this hotel. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And, <laughs> and so I read that the, you have the most chance of seeing them after 10 o'clock. So I waited till 10 o'clock and I put on all my gear. And I head away from the hotel walking. So I, I was looking for, I had read that the best place is the darkest place. You know, the furthest away from light. So I'm like, all right, I want I wanted the darkest place at night. <laughs> and this is funny because this goes against everything every parent has ever told you you know bad people lurk in the dark places but you know I guess so do the northern lights so I would go out there in that crunchy snow you know stand there look up okay where are they want to see the northern lights (laughs) get really really cold in the dark go back in and and warm up a little bit and then go back out crunch crunch in the snow go to the really dark place (laughs) Wait, and you know what? I saw them. They were faint that time, but I was excited because it was only like night three, and I'd already seen the northern lights, and and I thought, well, if I had run into any of those bad people in the dark at night, I would tell them to go to hell, but in Iceland, it would be go to hell. I want to thank any of you who are so generous when you're going to buy something on Amazon. And, you know, they have everything. Uh, You are so nice as to go through my website, even maybe bookmark it, uh, BettyInTheSky.com, and click through. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. And, boy, I spent a lot of money in Iceland. I think it was the most expensive trip I've ever taken. Uh, Gosh, was it expensive? At one point, I left my razor in one of the hotels, you know, by mistake. So I, you know, made a mental note when I was at a store to buy a razor. So I'm checking out and um, I had bought a couple other little things, almost nothing. And uh, it was like $32. And I was like, I had a razor and I had some candy for my nephews. Like, four little things of candy. And it's over $30. And I'm like, what? And, uh, she's like, oh yeah, that's very expensive. I mean, this is a plastic disposable razor. And, um, and I uh, said, well, did I pick the most expensive one? And she's like, no, they all cost that. I'm like, jeez. Anyway, if you're going to go to Amazon, buy some plastic razors, <laughs> consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. I like to see what people buy. And this month, uh, somebody bought Fishing Up North, Stories of Luck and Loss in the Alaskan Waters, uh, Fruit of the Loom Men's Underwear, size big. That's a little vague. <laughs> Some Sriracha Rooster Lounge pajama pants. So uh, if you're going to buy something, please consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Click through. doesn't cost you any more, and I thank you so, so very much. you know, I do a lot of crazy traveling and I get people saying, oh, you know, you're so brave, you know, going to Madagascar or Sulawesi or ending up hitchhiking and stuff like that. But I'm always like, no, 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 it's really not so brave. And this trip, I kind of thought this trip was going to be like a softball trip. You know, it's not dangerous there. There's not a lot of crime or anything. So uh, I wasn't too concerned and little did I know (laughs) that this trip to Iceland was probably the scariest trip i've ever taken like i didn't even occur to me that this trip could be uh harrowing (laughs) but you know i was i had rented that little car um and uh the whole south side of iceland the ring road i was doing the ring road which goes around um the south part was just fine and that's also the tourist trail that's where the main tourist attractions are so um that part, I didn't have a lot of trouble. And, you know, there were crowds because that's where the main tourist attractions are. But once I left the tourist trail and left the south to drive the rest of the way around Iceland, I realized that I probably should have been better prepared. Like, you know how I could have used, like, a, a monster truck <laughs> I could, instead of my little car. Because they have monster trucks here in the United States, but it's mainly for like um, macho reasons or bravado. But there they have monster trucks because you can use a monster truck. So there was a lot of snow and a lot of ice. And I misjudged the times it would take for me to get... I would go on the internet and it would say it would take like four hours to get from here to there. But it was really taking me like eight hours, and then during the day, the sun would be out, and the snow and ice would melt, and then it would get dark again, and then <laughs> then it would freeze, and it would be I, black ice, and I'd be sliding all over the place, and it was super, super scary. <laughs> I mean, it was like, that ring road around Iceland was like an adventure movie. You know, like in an adventure movie, there's like a new monster around every curve, and then... Then, like in a movie, they'll ease up on the tension and they will be like something stunningly beautiful. And then there's something else out to get you. <laughs> it was like an amusement park ride, but it's real. And the dangers were real. And I was behind the steering wheel of that car, basically going ah! and burping. Ah! So I was driving around. Iceland, scared, screaming, and uh, sulfur burping because of the tap water. (laughs) And uh, around every corner, there would be something new, (laughs) something exciting, whether it was good or bad. Like uh, there was, at one point, I'm driving around a curve, and all of a sudden, the sky turns like pitch black, and then there's like a really big snowstorm, and there would be like... Three inches of snow on all the, the street signs. So you couldn't read any of the signs. So there would be like a hazard sign, and then you couldn't read what the hazard was. <laughs> so I couldn't ever pull over. There was no shoulder. And there were places to pull over, like for tourists to take pictures and things like that, probably clear in the summer. But this in the winter, there would be like a snowbank of like three feet of snow. I can't drive. My little car into three feet of snow and then there would be one-way bridges like uh if you got on the bridge and someone was coming the other way you'd have to back out back out of an icy one-way bridge and then they had one-way tunnels through the mountains oh that was scary because you would you have to have your lights on all the time in iceland and uh so you'd get to the one-way tunnel try to see if you could see any lights pull in like, and then if you see some of the lights coming there, there would be like a cubby hole to pull off slightly, like every so often. So you'd pull in there, wait for those lights to go out and then, and then inch back out to see if you can go, you know, get to the next cubby hole without somebody else coming. And, uh, I would drive mainly, in these conditions in the center of the road because it's where there was the least amount of snow and ice and uh with your lights on I'd be constantly searching for lights behind me or lights in front of me so I could get back on my side of the road if I needed to but whenever there was like a hill you'd be like oh my god I don't want to drive down this you know I can't see if there's any lights coming towards me and if I'm driving down the the middle of the road somebody else could be coming the other way it was I was like ah so it was a constant up and down like I'd be doing something really scary and then the the weather would clear up and the roads would be sort of dry and it would be stunningly beautiful again and I'd calm down and I'd be like oh you know, dodge that bullet and then you'd go around another curve and all of a sudden you'd be like elevated way high up above these beautiful black sand beaches but Uh, The road would be slippery again and I'd be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to slide off this thing, end up in the water (laughs) in Iceland and there's no AAA and I'm by myself and I have no one to call and I'd be thinking, what the heck are you doing? And then 20 minutes later, when it wasn't scary again, I'd be thinking, I'm driving around Iceland. Woohoo, this is so exciting. And then, okay, then I was driving, and, and it was clear, and I was not that stressed out, and then my car starts, like, hopping, hopping, and I was like, what? And it was, like, shuddering, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have some mechanical problem with my car. What am I going to do now? I mean, I don't have AAA. What am I doing? And so I finally found a place that I could pull over because I wanted to try to figure out what was wrong with my car. I didn't know if maybe something was wrong with my tires. And you know what it was? I couldn't get my car door open because of the wind. I literally, to get out of the car, I was like, uh, ah. <laughs> The winds were so strong, I couldn't really get my car door open. It was like gale force winds, like tornado type winds. You know how like, you watch the news during a... Um, hurricane and the news reporters out there and you think uh, well you probably shouldn't be out there right now (laughs) well that's what I was thinking about this I was like "Ah!" (coughs) so I was driving for over a week and I kind of felt at one point like I had gotten it down you know I knew all the dangers I would really check the road conditions before I left Uh, started out that day I would make sure I wasn't trying to drive too far so I wouldn't end up in the dark. I was really trying to be cautious because I've been so scared <laughs> so often. Like got, one day I'm driving and I see a sign, you know, it's a cartoon of chains. Like you need to put chains on your car for the next pass. And I, I didn't have chains. They didn't say anything about chains at the rental car. And it's not like I can turn around at that point you know i'm out of the middle of nowhere so i just drive slow and then another time i was driving and all of a sudden a bunch of rocks started falling on me from like the cliff above and i'm like oh my god they're falling rocks like <laughs> this this is crazy (laughs) and then uh the scariest day I was on I was taking the ring road which is route one the whole way around so I didn't have to really look at too many directions or anything because I was really staying on the same road that goes all the way around Iceland and um I get to a place and it has a sign that says route one left so I go left and all of a sudden I am on thick black ice like a ice skating ring. And then the sign says, this road is impassable in the winter. And I'm thinking, oh, it's the winter. Crap. Like, huh? what? Huh? So I backed out to go back on the road that I was on because that road was okay. But I didn't know if that road would take me to where I was going. And I but I didn't want to go on the impassable icy road. So then I go through this small town and now it's dark and now I'm lost. And then I started sliding. I mean, really sliding like no control over my car there was like a a a big drop off on the side of the road and i i literally feared for my life i know that might sound dramatic but i i was wondering if i was really getting out of this alive like i needed i needed to pull over i needed to get out a map i needed to find out if this road i was on where it was going to take me if it was anywhere near i was going what should i do so Eventually I just stopped in the middle of the road. I didn't have any choice I didn't have there was nowhere to pull over and and I was just sliding and I there's no way I could turn around on the ice and I got a map and I got a flashlight and I could tell that the road that I was on Would eventually get me to another road that would go back to hook back up to route one and I was sitting there going like Like should I get out and walk? (laughs) Like, I was so afraid to keep driving because I was sliding so much. And I really wanted to, um, and I've never felt this way before, but I wanted to say, like, um, uh, Hello? I quit. Take me out. I'm done. Stick a fork in me. Like, if it was, like, the Hunger Games and there's people watching and you're on this adventure and you're like, I quit. I'm done. You know? (laughs) Hello? But, you know, there's nobody listening. There's nobody watching. You know? I have to do something. So... I just, like, prayed to every entity I could think of, God, <laughs> whoever, like, they believe in uh, fairies and trolls there. I'm like, hey, you fairies out there can help me. I could really use some help. They believe, and I talked to some people, They, they believe the trolls are bad, but the fairies will help you, and the fairies... Lots of times will help women and they'll help like pregnant women, especially. And I'm thinking, anybody who's out there, please let me get off this road. And I went super slow and I was finally able to get uh, back to the other road. And I literally was just like,
1: Years ago when I was a gate agent, I was working in Orlando, so I'd work like say the 6.30 to 3 p.m. shift. And every now and then you get the flight that would come in from Fort Lauderdale yeah. at like six o'clock in the morning. So I'm at the gate, my, I got like one eye open, I'm trying to get the gate ready, and i come a Jewish couple, old Jewish yeah. couple, and they walk in like this, you know? And she walks up and she says, oi! <laughs> and the husband's, I said, What's the matter? She says, you wouldn't believe. I said, try me. She says, every time I I don't get a window, I don't get the bulk board, and the kosher meal's never there. I said, Gavolt, I know what you're talking about. These things happen constantly. Tell you what, why don't you go sit, make nice? Give me a few, I'll see what I can do. She says, thank you so much, no problem. And they go and they sit down.
0: The bulk board?
1: The bulk board, instead of the bulkhead, the bulk board. So I wait till the whole, it's an L-1011, full, right? So I wait till the last minute, I get in the PA system, yell the name, Mr. Mrs. So-and-so, nobody's in the gatehouse, echoing like you wouldn't believe, a big time like this. She says, did you call us? I said, yes, look, I got you the bulk board, a window, and I got the kosher meal. She says, oh, a nice Jewish boy. I said, actually, no, I'm Catholic Italian.
0: So I spent a lot of time driving on this trip and listening to Icelandic radio. (laughs) And, um, you know, then they would have news or talk radio. And, of course, I couldn't understand anything. And then um, I would go to a lot of these local pools. And um, it's just fun because it was nice to be in the warm uh, geothermal water and it's nice to see the local people. So I'm, a- I'm in the second biggest city and, uh, I I'm not saying the name cause I'm going to pronounce it wrong. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm in there before, um, before school would start. So they, all the kids go to the pools before school. So there were all these grade schoolers and I would swim and then go into this hot tub and this hot tub was big. I'd say there were like 30 of us in, in this hot tub. And, um, mainly kids, and the kids were arguing. And I'm listening, and, you know, it's still dark out. This is dark till 10. The, the sunrise and sunset would last for two hours. So sunrise would be from, like, 10 to 12, and sunset would be, like, 2.30 to 4.30 kind of part of the fun so anyway it's dark out and it's before school and these kids are in the in the, in the hot tub arguing and uh, I can't understand a word they're saying except for it would be like Donald <laughs> Trump and then the other kids were mad and arguing Donald <laughs> Trump, so uh, they all had to go to school so then everybody cleared out and it was just me and like three other adults in the hot tub and I said um excuse me Do you you speak English? And the guy was like, Yes. And I said, "Uh, What were the kids arguing about? Because, you know, I could hear them arguing and I could hear Donald Trump. And he goes, Oh, well, the one kid was saying that Donald Trump was from Iceland, and all the other kids were going, No, he's not. He's not from Iceland. And the kid was adamant, No, Donald Trump is from Iceland. My mother told me. That he's from Iceland, so he's from Iceland. And uh, all the other kids were arguing with him, and this one kid just wouldn't give up. And then this adult was telling me, well, there is a little bit, he could understand where the miscommunication came in from the kid's mother, because there was some stuff on the news that Donald Trump's grandmother has some sort of background in common with a lot of people in Iceland. (laughs) So there was something about Donald Trump in Iceland, but Donald Trump is not from Iceland. So I was, i tell you one of the things about um, crazy driving in Iceland is uh, you're not thinking about other things. You're very focused, very on high alert. You know, uh, you're really living in the moment. <laughs> and there were some such highs and lows. Like it's kind of reminded me like India in a way because India, that I went to all those years ago, like something, you know, someone would throw a bucket of shit on your feet and the next thing you know you'd be looking at some beautiful palace. It was like a constant up and down, like an assault of the senses. And that's kind of what Iceland was. It was so stunningly beautiful and um but then, you know, dangerous too. So uh I was totally involved in my adventure, not really paying attention to what's going on in the world or anything. And I was checking my emails in the morning before I'd venture out. It's still dark out, and I got an email from one of my sisters saying, um happy Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, Uh, I also had my birthday there and it was kind of like totally forgot. I basically was just, um, I was doing Iceland and Iceland only. So then I was like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. So uh, that day, um, the driving wasn't so bad and I saw some pretty places. It was pretty much a pretty good day. I ended up going to this um, smallish town. I'm not going to say the name because I'll butcher it. And um, Then I started thinking about it being Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving's a big holiday feast day here in the United States. And uh, I mainly hadn't been eating out that much in Iceland because... Entrees, like at a hotel, would be like from $35 to $75. To me, that's really expensive, a $75 entree. One day I went out, and uh, Reykjavik and I just had the soup, which was the cheapest thing on the menu. I had soup and uh, a glass of wine, and it was like $40. And to me, that's a lot for a soup. <laughs> so, um, now it's Thanksgiving, and I was thinking, well, you know, I basically had been, what I'd been doing a lot of times, I'd, I'd go to the grocery store and get some stuff. Or and the stuff at the grocery store is expensive, but not you know seventy five dollars for an entree. <laughs> I could get a sandwich places. So you know I was being pretty budget food wise. And um, but now it's Thanksgiving, and I had been like a lot of times I just if you get to a little town or like sometimes a town was just a hotel and a gas station, and uh, I'd eat at the gas station, kind of like eating at a Seven Eleven mini market. <laughs> But they'd have some stuff. Sometimes they'd have pizza or you could get a hamburger. Um, and I kind of thought, oh, this is depressing to eat, you know, at 7-Eleven for Thanksgiving dinner, you know. And uh, I was walking and walking. This is where they had those gale force winds. And the wind would actually just move you as a person, would move your body so strong. And I was freezing and I was, I was determined to find a place to get something other than gas station food for Thanksgiving and uh, I did I found a restaurant and it was called uh, the hard walk cafe hard walk cafe was mainly Asian food so I was able to order something and you know that wasn't so bad for Thanksgiving because I had been feeling a little like mmm, gotta eat at 7-eleven for Thanksgiving and then just like I was saying that this trip was like so up and down here I was done it down because I was like could barely walk I was freezing trying to find some anything to eat <laughs> by myself, and uh, then that night, well, I was staying at this hotel, Hotel Tindestol, is the oldest hotel in Iceland, and um, it had all this antiques in it, it was real pretty, and they had this real pretty hot tub in the backyard, uh, hot pot, they call them hot pots, Um just beautiful, so then I get out in, 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 in the hot pot, after my dinner and um i see the northern lights from the hot tub i was like wow you know what's better than being in a hot tub and watching the northern lights this is the best thanksgiving ever (laughs) well that's about it for this episode of betty in the sky with a suitcase i hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together maybe to uh Fluckin' Reykjavik. Bye.